travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Siem Reap, Cambodia is home to one of the world's truly most magnificent sites, the temples of the Angkor era. Not just one temple, rather hundreds, you must see and experience them if you're a true traveler of Asia. But in addition to the temples, the surrounding landscape is beautiful. The largest freshwater lake in Southeast Asia, the Tonle Sap, is on its edge. There's great hiking, mountain biking, fantastic hotels in all budget ranges, and an array of tasty restaurants. So today we're going to dive in and share how we would like to spend three nights in Siem Reap. From Bangkok, Thailand, I'm Scott Coates, and with me as always is... Hey, Scott, Trevor Ranges here from Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Uh, hey. Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of, you know, I thought we had already done this episode for sure. Me too. Um, but we've done three nights in Phnom Penh, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess we just forgot to do this one. And, and, and you had mentioned that one of our listeners sent us a note asking us to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who that is, but but they know who they are, and so we'd like to thank them for reminding us to uh, to do this episode. It was a he, and I did go back through messages on like uh, our email, Facebook, and I just couldn't find it. So if it was you, send us a note and say, hey, it was me. So, um, you know, you've written literally the book to Cambodia. For those that haven't listened to the podcast a long time, you wrote the National Geographic Cambodia book. Uh, I have designed and led trips for travelers there many times, and Oh, I don't know, probably been there 20 times over the years or so. Um, but we've seen it change a lot over the years. It used to be, you know, just temples 20 years ago, even 15. Now it's way beyond Pub Street. Pub Street was like the one place with bars and restaurants and it's gone way beyond that. Wouldn't you say, Trev? Yeah, you know, I, I first uh, went to Siem Reap in 2001, and it was pretty sleepy. There wasn't a whole lot to do. Uh, just, you know, the temples are obviously the star attraction. Now, that said, I'm good to explore the temples for three or four days or ten days. Uh, I think I've been to the Angkor Temple 74 times now. Um, 74? Yeah, but now there's a whole lot more to do in Siem Reap than just go visit the Angkor temples. Yeah, now there's enough to spend at least a week and not see and do everything. And I I can say that because I've been so many times and there's still things I want to do that I haven't. And, you know, that's kind of one of the main anti-points of this episode to me is because it's wrong. Because I've always told people, don't go for three nights. Go for four nights or five nights. Like... If you really want to get it all and get more out of the temples by not having to go every hour you're there, I think you should really go for four or five nights. Yep. Okay, we're changing the episode. It's now five nights in Siem Reap. <laughs> no, but you know, actually, we, we did uh, outline it as a three nights episode. 
Um, and, and unfortunately, that is what most people schedule. You know, lots of people come to Siem Reap uh, as an addition to a trip to uh, Thailand or Vietnam. But certainly, you know, I get a lot of feedback from guests wishing that they had spent more time in Cambodia. And at the end of the episode, after we do our itineraries, we're going to mention a whole bunch of other things to do. So certainly you could take uh, this episode's show notes, uh, which you can find at TalkTravelAsia.com. Mm. And you could certainly put together a five or six or seven night program pretty easily absolutely there will be tons of links and maps and all kinds of stuff but uh, i want to talk about love before we go any further trevor and we love our patrons right because patrons are people who help keep this going and they donate through a platform called patreon so if you go to patreon.com search talk travel asia you'll find us and you can donate monthly one dollar a month all the way up to like a hundred or you could even go beyond that if you're feeling out of your mind but the point is you're helping us keep this going and we really do appreciate it we want to say thank you to a longtime supporter phaedra robinson thanks so much phaedra so trevor where shall we start this thing yeah, you know what? Actually, we'll give another shout out to Phaedra there because she has spent a few nights in Siem Reap on a couple of different occasions. And I know that she does You're enjoy right. the show, so she'll appreciate listening to this one. Actually, uh, we should refresh a little bit. Again, if people go to the show notes, uh, talktravelasia.com, we're going to have links to everything, including some Google Maps and whatnot. But uh, I, I went back to look to see if we actually did three nights in Siem Reap. And it turns out that we've done a lot of episodes on Cambodia or episodes that have talked about Cambodia. Uh, we did tantalizing travel tales, one and two. I think there's Cambodia episodes in there. Mm -hmm. Our favorite watering holes. You and I recorded that here in Phnom Penh right. together. Cycling Southeast yep. Asia with Adam Platt Hepworth of Grasshopper Adventures, uh, Great Day Hikes in Asia. You talked about doing the uh, Angkor Tom Wall. Why don't you read out a couple more of these? Yeah. We had a bunch. Yeah, episode two, Angkor 101. Angkor 201 was 27. 12 was uh, Far, the Cambodian Circus. 30 was with Nick Ray, uh, author up and coming Cambodia. Three Nights in Phnom Penh was 33. 51, volunteering while traveling with James Sutherland of Friends. 79 reusable water bottles, refill, not landfill. Uh, Cambodia's beaches and islands, 82. And 95 Cambodia's evolving hotel scenes. Man, we've got like well over 10, like we've got 12 or 13 episodes that touched on it. You know what? I'm going to say that we've probably done more episodes that tie into Cambodia than any other place. Yeah, again, it's a little unsurprising that because I live here and because I've written a book about Cambodia. Yeah. And again, we've probably done quite a few about Thailand as well. But one of the cool things about season three, as we're calling this now, is we're doing a lot more uh, episodes about places that uh, we're unfamiliar with. You know, we've recently recorded about Afghanistan and about India. Um, so I think uh, I think we're going to have a lot of different ones this year. But there's no harm in doing the you know the things that that we love and that people can really mm. use because I think this uh, would be really useful for people who do want to come to uh, Siem Reap and visit the temples and do all the other things. How we're going to do this is a lot like our other ones. Is we actually kind of write out an itinerary and one of us seems to take the lead. Trevor did in this case because I mean you've written a guidebook there and you're a, a product travel product designer in Cambodia. So we're just going to go through kind of day by day. In this case, uh, they tend to be a little more heavy on your itineraries. And then I'll just jump in with kind of my little things at the end of each day. And then again, on the show notes, we'll have links to everything we talk about and a whole lot more, but you'll definitely be able to plan a week for sure. So Trevor, uh, lead us off. 
Yeah, first, before we start, I want to say that, like, I don't necessarily consider this the absolute best three nights. Um, every time somebody comes to visit, or I spend lots of three nights in Siem Reap, um, there's so many different ways to do it because there's so many different things to do. Um, but this is just one that I've been uh, suggesting recently. So I think this is just my current favorite three nights in Siem Reap. So let's start with the arrival day. Trevor, so I've just arrived in Siem Reap. It's hot, it's steamy. My driver is taking me to my hotel. What do I do? I think it really depends on where you're coming from and what time you arrive. I mean, uh, people coming from North America or Europe are going to be dealing with jet lag. So I don't like people to try and do too much on the first day. Um, you know, almost all the hotels I'm going to recommend later all have really nice swimming pools. So I always recommend, you know, spend some time in your swimming pool. Uh, when you arrive, relax a little bit. If your hotel has a nice spa, you should go to the spa and get a massage because that's one of the great things to do here in Cambodia. If your hotel doesn't have a spa, sure. uh, Bodia Spa is one of our favorite places and we'll put a link to the Bodia Spa. Solid. in the show notes um, and then in the late afternoon you know usually when I go to a new city I like to do like a little walking tour and get my bearings and, and learn about the neighborhood around my hotel that's that's a good tip because then when it's dark and you go out later and you're disoriented you kind of have the lay of the land yeah and Siem Reap's a really nice town to walk uh, Cambodia is a very flat country so it's really easy to get around um, I, I designed an introduction to Siem Reap walking tour um, it takes about an hour um, it's mostly uh, around the park and the riverside in just to the south of the Raffles Grand Angkor Hotel. Um, really nice place. Yep, there's a Buddhist, uh, there's a little Buddhist shrine there. There's a spirit house, there's spirit shrines. There's a, a sculpture from the Angkor. Um, there's these beautiful gardens. There's there's a tree that has uh, fruit bats in it. Like if you, if you start this tour around 5 p.m., um, there's people in the park. They're starting to do aerobics. They're kicking around a thing that's like a, like a, it's like a shuttlecock style hacky sack. They play a game in the park. So if you just go to that park, uh, just south of the Raffles Grand Encore, um, there's a whole bunch of really interesting things to see. Um, and then you could follow the Siem Reap River south. Um, the FCC hotel there has uh, a bar called the Scribe Bar, um, and they have a really great happy hour. Um, so that's great to do like around 6 p.m. Um, and then from there, you can jump in a Ramok, which is a Cambodian tuk-tuk, and it's about a dollar anywhere in Siem Reap. And uh, go down to uh, the Wat Dam Nok area to a place called the Bamboo Stage. Um, Bamboo Stage is a really great uh, cultural events venue. Uh, it was established to revive traditional arts. They have a variety of different shows, including shadow puppets. They have a 150-year history of Cambodia that they show uh, with photography. It's like a narrated multimedia show. And then they also have one that's called the Angkor Temples Decoded, uh, which is great for first-time travelers uh, to Cambodia, especially as you're going to be going to the temples the next day. Uh, Angkor Temples Decoded uses multimedia, little paper mache models, and storytelling to give you an overview of the history of uh, the Hindu temples in Cambodia. And then you can stay there for dinner. Uh, they have some excellent uh, Khmer food. Uh, you can do it family style. You share it uh, either with you and your friends if you're there in a group or, or even with some other guests. Uh, sometimes they'll pair you up with other people, which is really nice. And uh, they have a drumming show from Cambodian Living Arts at 8 p.m. Uh, the, the shadow puppets or the snap photography show you would have seen is at 7. 
So after that, hmm. you can have this shared family dinner and this beautiful kind of garden atmosphere, and you can listen to the drumming show while you eat. Um, it's it's actually a pretty action-packed day, considering that you didn't do too much. Uh, Seriously. But but uh, it's a really nice uh, welcome day, and the Bamboo Stage is a great venue and really good food. And, and it's a it's not a high-pressure day, but it's a good way to start your trip to CM Rio. Man, you nailed it. And I mean, this kind of does assume a morning arrival. And so you might come in late uh, abroad the night before. So it might have to be four nights. But I, I said how much there is to do. And I literally have never been to the bamboo stage. I've never been to the Shadow Puppets, and I've never been to Angkor Temple's Decoded, but I've wanted to. So, so much of what you said sounds great. Uh, for me, I'm kind of similar to you. I think, yeah, getting that pool at the start, kind of take it slow. In fact, I didn't really schedule anything to the afternoon. So I think, you know, pool, massage, like you said, and then kind of sundown. Uh, I really like heading out. You can get your Angkor Pass usually the night before. I believe it's at 5 p.m., isn't it? Like just 30 minutes before the gates close? Yeah. You know, if you buy your ticket for the following day, I mean, if you're just going to buy a one-day ticket for the following day, if you buy it that afternoon, uh, you can go to Sunset and they won't charge you a day on your ticket. Or like a three-day as well, right? Yep. You can still go that first day and they don't charge you for the first day. Yeah. Sure. So this sort of like you could almost do as late as five, depending on the sun and the time of year. But I just like to jump on a bike and cycle the 7K out kind of to the edge. You'll hit the southern side of Angkor Wat proper. And I like to ride counterclockwise around the outside of the moat. And you can follow it to the east gate. And then there's a dirt path up the east side and up the along the north side. So you're literally riding a pretty easy dirt track along the outside of the moat. And then when you come out the northwest corner you just turn right onto the paved road and what is it five six hundred meters you'll hit the southern gate of the Angkor Tom complex a massive stone wall you go through the gate and immediately left and up on top of the wall and do 12 kilometer ride around the top of it now it takes a little while so time permitting right uh, you could also if you had time if you'd gone earlier uh, go see the Bion in the middle but probably not but what you want to do is get back to the west wall of Angkor before dark and buy some ice cold $1 beers from people selling them around there. Watch the sun go down, then have a flashing little light on your back, cycle back to town, and then maybe go to Poo Restaurant, which you introduced me to, and then maybe like a couple drinks somewhere. I'm not sure where. Maybe Picasso Bar or even Raffles elephant bar maybe if you really wanted to splash out yeah we'll uh, recommend some places to drink at the end of the episode but uh yeah that's pretty ambitious you're a little bit more uh outgoing i think on the on the bike ride a bit but you know it's, it's not a bad idea to to pop into the park uh, just to grab a sunset even there's a really nice uh, they do a they do a gondola boat uh, on the moat of Angkor Tom. So you were mentioned in the south gate there. You could even ride the bike up to the south gate, jump in a gondola, take that gondola out there, you know, maybe bring a couple of beers out on the boat so you can uh, enjoy the sunset on the wall and and, uh, and then still get back into town for, for dinner at Boo. And Boo, yeah, it's a great restaurant. And again, we'll have a Google map with, uh, you know, where all the restaurants and everything are. We've drank tons of water to ensure we're hydrated because that's a classic mistake people make. Uh, they don't drink enough water after a hot day out. So we wake up, it's day two, 
Uh, we gorge ourselves at breakfast on croissant, and then what do we do, Trevor? Yeah, you know, it, it really depends. I don't know about gorging too early. It depends. And this is actually one of the good reasons to have jet lag, because if you have jet lag, you might get up super early anyway. So, you know, it, it really depends if you want to do the sunrise or not. Uh, day two here is a big temple day for me. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. That, you know, there's hundreds of temples. It's 500 years worth of temples. Uh, you, there's no way you're going to be able to see them all in, in, in one little visit. Um, you know, I like to build up the excitement and not go to the big temples straight away. Um, or as John Cleese, as, as John Cleese once said, not stampede straight to the clitoris, as he so aptly stated. Um, I, you know, I like to uh, stay away from the tourists a bit, too. So I think there's a few different ways to do it. Um, one of my favorites is doing a half day morning that's in chronological order. Um, so that would be starting at Phnom Bakhang, which is the only hill in the area. Um, it's got a great view of the surrounding countryside. You can actually see Angkor Wat from on top of Phnom Bakhang. So that's a good place to go mm. if you actually want to see sunrise uh, from somewhere other than Angkor Wat. Because Angkor Wat's really crowded there for sunrise. And I, I like it best in the afternoon. So we're going to save that for the end of the day, as I mentioned. All right. Um, so after sunrise, if you're going to do it for sunrise, you can go to Bakse Chamkrong. And the Bakse Chamkrong is a little pyramid um, that uh, you can climb up in the morning. It's really beautiful first thing in the morning. It has some lovely inscription carvings. Um, these are some of the oldest temples in Angkor, um, so, so they are really cool. Uh, right near there, uh, there's a temple called Prasat Bay, um, and there's a, there's a thing you could do called the Tuk Tuk Breakfast. Uh, there's a company called Gr Grand, Grand Brother. Yeah, so in Cambodia, the Tuk Tuks are a little different. It's a remok, and a remok is like a little carriage that's pulled by a Tuk Tuk, or pulled by a motorbike, yeah? So at the Bakse Chomkrong, they can set up a Tuk Tuk breakfast for you, and uh, you can have like a little champagne breakfast, or just a, you know, not even with the booze, but uh, it's a lovely place for a breakfast to do at the Bakse Chomkrong, and you can eat inside of a Tuk Tuk mm -hmm. uh, in the early morning light. Um, from there, you're gonna go inside of Angkor Thom City. Um, inside of Angkor Thom, they have what used to be the Royal Palace area. And this is really beautiful and forested. There's a lot of birds in Angkor because uh, th this is the only area in central Cambodia that has old growth forest and a lot of big trees. Uh, that royal palace enclosure is really beautiful in the morning. Taking a stroll through there and ending up at the Bayon Temple, uh, which is one of the iconic temples at Angkor with its dozens of face towers. Um, you can no longer go up to the top level where the faces are, um, but it's still fun to kind of meander through the corridors uh, at the, the ground level. There's some really interesting uh, carvings. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. Um, and then finishing up your morning, uh, all again in chronological order, you'll go up to the Prey Khan, uh, which is chronologically one of the last Khmer temples at Angkor, and arguably the most grand and labyrinthian. Um, it's, it's possibly... It is super cool. It's one of my favorites. And there's this wonderful old nun. She's in her 90s. Um, and she'll give you a little blessing. Uh, it's a really wonderful experience. You know, I recently uh, met a couple. When I was in Bangkok to see you uh, recently, I, uh, I met this couple who were on their way to Angkor. And I gave them this itinerary. And uh, they had an unbelievable day they even managed to see the nun and get a blessing from her and uh, they were really stoked on it so i think uh, that's a great half day it seems like a lot but if you get there early um, it's kind of the tour that keeps on giving as they explained to me at this point i think uh, 
for lunch, you can eat lunch in the park. There's lots of different places to eat lunch in the park. Uh, my favorite thing to eat at one of the local restaurants is stir-fried chicken with ginger and pineapple. Um, usually on the menu, you can get stir-fried chicken with ginger or stir-fried chicken with pineapple. Um, but if you ask them to combine them, they'll combine them for you, and that's a great thing. But, you know, I'm not coming back to the park again until like 2.30 or probably 3 p.m. So I recommend to many people just to go back to your hotel, man. Like you're going to be soaking wet with sweat probably. So... I would go back to the hotel, change into my swimsuit, jump in the pool, relax by the pool a little bit, go grab some lunch somewhere in town. Uh, there's a really nice restaurant called Mahab that's part of the Friends International Group that we uh, we, we referred to in, in one of our episodes. Um, have lunch at Mahab and then go back to your hotel, put some dry clothes on. Um, you're not in a rush to get back to Angkor Wat, which is the only thing you're going to be doing in the afternoon. Um, I'd aim for getting there around 3 p.m. when it starts to, I wouldn't say cool down per se, but it's a little less hot than it was at, at 12 or 1 or 2 p.m., you know? Um, yeah, and also, you know, like lots of people tell you to go to Angkor Wat for sunrise, but, you know, Angkor Wat is the only major temple that faces west. So I find Angkor Wat best to visit and to photograph in the late afternoon when the setting sun is shining on the front side of the temple, you know? So if you make your way up to the top gradually, you know, seeing the sights along the way, if you get to the, to the upper level around 5 p.m., um, there's much less people up there at that time. And then, uh, you know, the guards start corralling people out around 5.30, so you can gradually make your way out. And then uh, make sure to exit the temple through the chamber that contains uh, this massive image of the Vishnu god who used to be enshrined in the central sanctuary. Um, they discovered the statue in 1932 uh, beneath the temple's central sanctuary. And with the setting sun shining on it, it's magical. And, uh, you know, the temple was designed uh, and built in honor of King Suryavarman, whose name translates to protected by the sun. So seeing this Vishnu image that may have been dedicated in his honor is just a, a great way to wrap up a, a tour of the temples. Uh, if you're going to do one, one day temples all day. Yeah, so now you're going to be soaking wet with sweat again. So you're going to need to go back to your hotel and jump in the pool one more time and change into some fresh clothes. Uh, I'd suggest a food tour for this evening. Uh, I designed a food tour called Dining for a Cause, uh, a social enterprise restaurants of Siem Reap. Um, there's a bunch of restaurants like Mahab that I mentioned earlier um, that uh, is a social enterprise restaurant restaurant that, that gives uh, either hospitality training to impoverished youth or, or somehow gives money back to the community. Um, we also recently had Lost Plate, food tours as a guest on our show or soon to be a guest on our show. We're not sure just yet. Um, and there's an organization called Taste Siem Reap and Taste Siem Reap has some great food tours as well. Um, so I'd like doing a food tour is a great way to get a sampling of different cuisine and to kind of explore the town a little bit rather than just going to one restaurant. But if you have to select one restaurant, um, there's a place called the New Leaf Eatery. And that used to be on my Dining for a Cause food tour, but uh, Ian decided that it was a little bit too much trouble for him. But his food is excellent and it's still a good restaurant that uh, does profit sharing and donating to different volunteer organizations. So New Leaf is a great place if you're too lazy to do a food tour. So you're gonna be exhausted by this point and you're probably gonna to wanna to go to bed. Um, but right around the corner from New Leaf is a bar called The Laundry Bar. 
uh, laundry bar. Yep, that's one of the only places in town that has live music, and they have $2 Fuzzy Logic craft beer, uh, which is great stuff. So uh, you go to New Leaf and then go to Fuzzy uh, Logic Bar. <laughs> no, sorry, Laundry Bar for some Fuzzy Logic beers, and that's a great way to wrap up uh, day two. Okay, I'm going to give you my day in about 30 seconds just to add to that. I mean, I think that's solid. Obviously, that's great. Uh, for me, not all the temples in one day, but get up super early in the morning in the dark like you took me to do and go in the East Gate entrance to Angkor Wat proper and see if you can pay the man at the Central Spire five or ten bucks US to let you go up it in the dark. Uh, used to be able to, maybe not anymore. Either way, you can sneak in or get in the pitch dark. And then, like you said, when you walk out the west side, there'll be thousands of people taking photos. You feel like a rock star. You and I had that experience. Um, then stay out and push it and get some of the big ones out of the way. Get Top Rom out of the way. And I really like another one on the circuit called Pre Rup. And Preya Khan would be on there, as you mentioned already. And then you could just pick a few others uh, to go to. But I say stay out over lunch because almost everyone goes out um, and then goes back to the hotel like you suggested, which is great. I'm saying... Uh, take on the heat, take a lunch from one of the many, many good bakeries. There's all kinds of nice French restaurants and bakeries in town. And you could get like a sandwich the night before, put it in your mini bar fridge at your hotel, and then just stay out and uh, then come back after you've had your sandwich, say sitting along the moat or sitting outside of a temple wall somewhere. I really like to do that. Uh, if you still have the energy, set up an afternoon countryside bike uh, tour for a couple hours. Grasshopper does some great tours, and there's other great companies too. And then maybe dinner. I like me cafe, or is it my cafe? How do you say that? I say me cafe, but I'm not sure how me they say it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So that's kind of my very quick day there, Trevor. Um, so now we've had a great day two. We've slept, and it's day three. Uh, what do you figure? Yeah, again, like now day three gets a little trickier, and I think it really depends on what individual people would like to do. Um, you did mention Top Rome. On my program, people did not go to Top Rome, which is the famous Tomb Raider temple. Um, I think if you got up for sunrise the day before, people don't necessarily want to get up super early on day three. Um, Top Rome is best first thing in the morning before the crowds arrive. Um, it, it's supposed to open at 7.30, but if you get to the east gate around 7.15, they usually let people in around 7.20. Um, to, the, Top Rome is famous because it's the one with all the big trees growing on it with the tree vines like snaking through it and around it on top of it and over it. Um, it's really beautiful, really picturesque. Um, I think it's best first thing in the morning. So start your day with Top Rome at 7.20. And then I like to spend a bit of time in the countryside. You know, there's a bunch of different ways uh, we could do this. I was going to actually mention it at the end, but Cambodia Jeep is a, is a really great operator for uh, doing all sorts of things. I think Cambodia Jeep might be a good way to do this day. Uh, I didn't mention how okay. to do my first day, but like going by Ramok is fun, but the Jeep's kind of cool because it's like a, it's like a VIP tuk-tuk because it's a little bit bigger and a little bit faster, you know? Yeah, mix it um, up each day. Yeah, so... You know, I, I think, you know, when you spend time with the Cambodian people, that's really the best experience you can have in Cambodia. So, you know, from Top Prom, you can drive to Bante Samre Temple, which is really cool. But along the way, you're going to drive through a little village um, because there are villages out here around the temples. But there's a village in between Top Prom and Bante Samre that sells woven baskets and hats and it has barbecue on the side of the road. So I think... Uh, 
you know, your guide will know where to go, but you can stop anywhere and just get out and stroll around and check out some of these local shops and some of these little local barbecue places. Maybe you could buy some grilled chicken to bring with you for lunch. Um, mm. Just, you know, get out into the countryside. You know, where, where I'd like to send you in the afternoon today is to Kampong Kliang, uh, which is mm-hmm. one of the villages that's on the Tonle Sap Lake. Um, for those who don't know much about Cambodia, the Tonle Sap Lake is uh, the largest freshwater lake in Southeast Asia. Um, and it's larger sometimes than it is at other times because uh, the Himalayan snowmelt, uh, which is coming from thousands of miles away, floats down the Mekong River and then pushes up the Tonle Sap River and expands the Tonle Sap Lake fourfold uh, each year. So it, it expands to four times its size and then it contracts and then it expands to four times its size and contracts. Um, every year it does this. And at Kampong Kliang village, uh, these people live in stilted houses, which are like four stories high. And if you happen to be there when the water is low, there's going to be these houses built up on these giant rickety looking bamboo sometimes and wooden uh, stilts. And if you're there when the water's high, um, the water will be right up to the houses and it won't seem like like they're so far off the ground. But you can uh, hire a boat there. And you can go cruising through the village and you can go right out to the lake where people live uh, in floating communities. There's actually people that live in, in floating houses. High stilts uh, and floating yeah. ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think Kampong Kliang is a, is a really cool experience. Um, there's really beautiful countryside along the way. Um, and, and there's some really cool things uh, that you can experience in the Cambodian countryside. Um, on the way back, if you haven't had enough temples, you could stop at Bakong Temple, which is uh, that's nice. Pre-dates. Yeah, pre, pre that's one of my old favorite places for sunrise as well. Um, but if you have the jeeps too, man, like if, if you're in a jeep, you can actually bomb through the the countryside a little bit. Uh, I did it with my dad and my mom when they visited, and I did it with uh, Ruben when he came to visit from from Bangkok. Um, Ruben in the in the rainy season and my parents in the dry season. But with the Jeeps, you can do some pretty cool off-roading. And just south of Bakong, right. there's some like 9th century, 8th, 9th century brick towers that are in the middle of these rice fields. And, and it's so cool to, to explore in a Jeep and check out these uh, rice fields. I'll, I'll put them on the Google Maps again. And half the fun is just, you know, just bombing through the rice fields with the, with a Jeep. So So that's something fun to do. Um, in the evening, I say hit the town. I mean, this is your night to party. You're leaving the next day. You don't have to get up early. There's no temples to see anymore. Crank so, it. I, yeah, I like Boo as a restaurant that Scott mentioned. Uh, again, there's a bunch of restaurants that I'm going to mention later. But Cuisine Wat Dam Nak is great for a fancy date. Um, another one worth booking in advance because you need a booking for Cuisine Wat Dam Nak is Embassy Restaurant. Embassy Restaurant is amazing. Um, that's a great place to eat. Really good date if you're there on a, on a honeymoon or, or with your girlfriend or wife. Um, after that, uh, there's the Made in Cambodia Market, which is right next to Embassy Restaurant. Made in Cambodia Market is the best place to pick up souvenirs. A lot of the markets around town sell uh, items from China or Vietnam or Thailand. There's not like authentic. eight or ten yeah. night markets now. There are so many night when markets. There was one. Yeah, and, and some of them do sell Cambodian-made stuff, but the made-in-Cambodia market is the best place to find made-in-Cambodia goods. Um, okay. And then, I th- and then I think just go over to, like, that Pub Street area. It's, it's crazy. It's Pub Street, you know. But if, if you just go, like, one little alleyway north of Pub Street or one little alleyway south of Pub Street, um, you'll find cool little bars like Asana Wooden House. That's one of my favorite places to go for drinks. I love that place, too. One of my favorites. 
Yeah, right near there is Miss Wong. Uh, Miss Wong is a cool place. Another good uh, one. I, bu- I bumped into your old business partner Dan when when I was I went into Miss Wong not that long ago. Imagine so, that. Yeah, so uh, you know, hit the town. There's lots of places to go. Again, we're gonna have show notes on the website, so uh, uh, check out the map uh, there. What do you got for us for day three, Scott? All right, mine's a, a quick one. Um, kind of two choices here. You could do Tonle Sap Lake, like you mentioned, but it's quite far. People should, you know, get it in their head that it's like kind of a five, six hour one. Um, the closer village you go to town, the more tourists there are, the more touristy it is. But if you like water, if you're into seeing that kind of life, um, get out, maybe try and push 45 minutes or an hour to one further away and combine it with uh, one where you can go kayaking on the lake for a wee bit. If you don't do that, then throw in a few more temples, either by Ramok if you haven't done that, or if you haven't cycled yet, jump on a bike because it's so flat. Or you know what, if, if you're really whooped, there's there's no shame in a car. But I would go for a Ramok again with a cooler of cold beverages. You mm. introduced me to a tiny little temple. And again, I'm just saying pick some temples. Um, I like little tiny one called Tane that you mentioned to me once. And the thing that's I mean, kind of gets you after a day or so is that there's just so bloody many temples that you can go into a, a a lesser known one and be on your own often and really just kind of sit down and look and listen to the birds and take it in um i also like for some reason to walk around the outside of a temple wall only if there's a path because there are mines right but i like to walk around the outer perimeter of a temple so if you see a footpath that's good and then head into town and i have a special place in my heart for a place called the Angkor hospital for children it's right downtown and they have a nice little visitor center and they have a film about how they started. And you can kind of also sort of just poke your head around the corner and see parents with their kids waiting to, to see a doctor. And, and it's a really great place doing great things. Evening, if you haven't burned off all your energy, head back into the park quickly. You could ride a bike or have your remote take you back there. Um, go for a 5 to 15K run on various trails or top walls that I've told you about, or even some of the reservoirs. Uh, Sratsang Reservoir is probably only about 800 meters around, but you could do a few laps, have a beer next to it, maybe throw in a, a massage if you didn't uh, go out for a run. And then in the evening, go to Far Circus. Uh, have some drinks after your dinner. You mentioned Pub Street. You got to go down it. And then the side alleys, like you mentioned, I, I think one's called The Lane, in addition to Asana Wooden House and Wong's. I always, always like Picasso Wine Bar for some reason. I think it's in a place called The Alley. And if you've had too much Kamaya food and you need Italian, I really liked a place called Mama Shop. Very affordable in uh, in a little complex, and it was real nice. So, Trevor, good, yeah, it's good our tips. final day. What, hey, wait, you before like you go on, you, 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 sure. this is how old school that we are, I think. There, there's no more landmines around, around the Angkor Park, that's for sure. Um, no, but I mean, it, even around a temple wall, you don't think or anything, no? No, I think it's pretty safe now. And even Tane, which used to be like so off the beaten path, you know, like uh, there's some people there now, which is, which is still cool. When I was there, actually, I saw Gibbons last month or, or two months ago. Nice. Um, which was really cool. Wild, wild gibbons. Yeah. I think Cambodia is a country, though, where stick to, stick to the dirt path, right? Like there's no reason to just go traipsing over unbroken sticks and stuff. No, like, no. But you're pretty safe around yeah, the so, temples. But but that's a great tip, you know, because any of the temples that like the, the lesser the temple it is, the cooler the experience yes. you're going to have there because you're yeah. going to have it all to yourself. And, and they're amazing, even the smaller ones. Day four might have a little hangover from your party the night before. <laughs> Uh, enjoy the day at leisure a little bit. Um, again, I'm always going to recommend jumping in the pool. 
um, get the spa there if, if you don't mind. Uh, you know, if you need to do some more souvenir shopping, uh, a great place to do that is Artisans d'Encore. Uh, Artisans d'Encore was established in 1992 in order to support Cambodian arts and crafts and to help young people find work in their local villages. Um, they have a number of uh, workshops uh, all around Siem Reap, but at their main center uh, in Siem Reap town, you can go there, you can get a free tour um, that shows you how people do wood carving, how they do lacquerware, how they do silk uh, weaving and, and painting. Um, it's really fascinating. And then they have a, a really great souvenir shop and, and you can pick up some really wonderful handcrafted souvenir. Otherwise, again, you know, go back to Bodia Spa, um, just walk around town. Um, you know, some of the great things to buy are like Camp Hot Pepper, um, yes. some silk scarves. Um, you know, I think just basically stick to like the the boutique shops like you'll see boutiques that are like brand name mm -hmm. boutiques and, and a lot of those are social enterprises uh, I, I kind of avoid the shops where they sell all sorts of random crap because it's usually stuff from uh, not Cambodia let's say right you know what I'm not a souvenir guy but the pepper real can pot pepper is good and you said scarf but like uh, is it called a chroma the scarf that people yeah, wear yeah yeah so you'll see one uh, chroma or when you're there people wear them around their waist around their head and you can get them from like $1 up to really finely made ones that say artisans. But I find those make a great gift because people can put it as a table runner. They can fold it up and, and just put something on it on display at home or they can use it. And uh, I think that's kind of one of the biggest, best bang for buck little souvenirs. Yeah, now I, uh, I bring like 20 of them back to Hawaii every time I go and I call them Cambodian Lays and I'll just wear one out oh, okay. every day and, and I'll just randomly give it to, to a friend when I bump into them. So yeah, those are really great things. Oh, that's cool. And again, like, you know, if you bought a three-day pass, uh, you'll be able to go out to the temples again. You could always sneak out in the morning or go check out another temple. Uh, some people get templed out. Some people can't have enough. Uh, so, you know, there's lots of the things you can yeah, no. So um, I'm going to just stick to the active here a bit. Two choices. If you haven't biked too much or you love biking, burn out for a really early morning ride, like just as the sun's coming up again around some temples, around some moats or a jog. Or if that's a bit much, just go for a morning walk up and down the river in Siem Reap town. So walk up one side of the river, cross over one of the many bridges and come back. You can literally do like a K loop upwards. And then I like to stroll town and they have these Kamaya sort of coffee shops and they're usually just like rows of cheap rubbery kind of lawn chairs, usually in a dark, not terribly inviting environment, often next to a car wash. And they'll just be <laughs> command people watching like wrestling or Rambo three usually, but sit down at one of those and have a cheap iced coffee. Um, and then find yourself a little shopper stall with a baguette and just get them to spread that happy smiling cow cheese on it. That's really nice. Have a swim, massage if you can get it in, as you mentioned, Trevor, and uh, head out. You know, there's lots of things to do. There's lots of different ways to do it. Actually, you could do my three days and then Scott's three days, and then you'd have six days right there, you know? Um, otherwise, you've got a week's a worth of stuff, as we said. <laughs> yeah. Plus, uh, there's a few more things I'd like to to mention. Even though I haven't tried it, there's a there's a zip line now inside of the Angkor Park, uh, which I think would be fun for the family. Um, you know, I've also never had a lot of good experiences riding horses, but I know that the Happy Ranch Horse Farm. Uh, takes people on horseback out to Wat At Vea, which is a really cool Angkor era temple that no one visits. And they've been around um, a long time. 
Yeah, and uh, Wat Bay is really cool. So, and even that, that whole area where the Happy Ranch is is a part of Siem Reap countryside. Um, that that's really cool. So I think just as you were riding the horse, you'd probably come across people that would just be so excited to see a, a white person riding a horse through their neighborhood, um, which they which they probably see often, but they're still really excited to see you every single time because Cambodian people are cool like that. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier with the with the food uh, tour social enterprise tie-in. Um, there's a bunch of social enterprise experiences as well. Uh, a couple that I really like are Rehash Trash and Ammo. Um, and mm. they respectively allow you to make handicrafts out of upcycled plastic and used bullet casings that they've found in the countryside. Um, so both of those are, are really cool social enterprise things uh, that allow you to do a little bit of an activity. You get to make a homemade souvenir and you get to give back to the community as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, I mentioned uh, Fire Circus is great at night. Uh, I just mentioned Grasshopper because we've had uh, the owner Adam on a couple times, but there's other bike tour companies too. But going out for a, a nice ride with some people that know a great route is worth it. Uh, Vespa Adventures has really nice uh, countryside trips. So as the name sounds, uh, you sit on the back of a Vespa and someone drives you around. They do really good stuff. Uh, find a great spot to eat, drink, have fun, take nice cookies, brownies, croissant with you out to snack during your day. And uh, did we mention a spa or massage? Yeah, we mentioned the Bodia spa, remember? And you know what, the Vespa one, Vespa does have a great countryside tour, but they actually do a really cool hidden Angkor tour. So again, like, you know, if you're going to do the Angkor temples, do one day by a Jeep, do one day by Vespa, do one day by Ramok, you can do a half day by bicycle. Uh, one of the cool things about the area is just that, like, there's lots of different ways to get around, which is pretty cool as well. Um, how about like uh, restaurants? You know, like we, we didn't really mention too many. I was like, oh, just go back to town. Uh, a, a restaurant that opened up this past year that was amazing is called Lum Ong. It's a farm to table restaurant. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit outside of town, but the food was unbelievable. Um, for craft beer, uh, there's a place called The Local. And The Local has okay. the best beer made in in Siem Reap town that you can buy uh, because my buddy okay. Nathan, he, he makes some pretty good craft beer too but the local has the best beer in town uh, and for those of you who are looking for like a Apsara dancing show or like traditional Cambodian folk dancing um, there's a place called the Canal Dinner Theater and the Canal Theater has a, a really nice dancing show they have a really beautiful theater and they have a menu that was designed by the uh, the, the restaurateurs who did the embassy restaurant. Yeah, and uh, I mean, hotels, gosh, there's so many. One of the things that's great about Siem Reap in, in lodging, eating, is there's just literally something for every budget. For for most places, even at like 25, 30 US a night, you'll get a pool and they'll be pretty nice. But a few, you know, notable shout outs should go out to Shintamani, Shintamani Shack, uh, Jaya House River Park, Heritage Suites has been around a long time, does a good job. Mulberry Boutique, uh, Sakmut Boutique are just a few. And, you know, if you don't mind not being right in town, uh, Templation, just sort of north of the town, has really expansive grounds, nice private pool villas in a tropical forest. Um, Sophie tells, all right, you know, you're, you kind of, it's a resort. You feel like you're on a vacation. Uh, the Bensley Connection, also Shint Amani Siem Reap. Um, and you know what? Even at least for a drink, Raffles, okay, it's the obvious one, but it's a neat colonial hotel. I think if you haven't had any colonial experience and you have some cash to spend, uh, that one's pretty good. And I've actually enjoyed Victoria Encore as well. 
Yeah, you know, and and funny enough, like all of these places have like great swimming pools. Jaya uh, House River Park, uh, they have this disco swimming pool that's open twenty four hours, which is awesome. Uh, Christian, the the the, the 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 hotelier there, he's like, who am I to tell people when they can and cannot swim? So the if you're there for the full moon, I would, st- I would stay at the Jaya House for the full moon swimming in the in his yeah. disco pool. Um, yeah, the Bensley collection, the Shintamani, the Shintamani properties, all three of them, the Shintamani Shack, Shintamani Angkor, and the Bensley collection, Shintamani Samriup, um, are all great properties to stay. Uh, the Bensley collection, I was there for my birthday a couple years ago, and my dad came out, and we had connecting private pool villas, uh, which is pretty plush. That's a great thing to do. If you're on a bit more of a budget, uh, a couple of budget places that I love are the Lub D and uh, Baby Elephant. Um, and again, both have great pools. Love D is pool party central, man. That's like the place you want okay. to go if you want to have a pool party. You can stay in the dorms if you like for super cheap, but they also have private rooms, which are very reasonable. And then the baby elephant is a bit more chilled out. That's kind of a place where expats hang out. So their pool All is right. still kind of fun, but it's a little bit more quiet. But it's a good place to meet uh, some expats who are also hanging out at the Love D, um, but only when there's parties. So I think those are pretty good hotel recommendations. And uh, again... They'll be on the show notes, links to all these all these hotels uh, and all these restaurants, as well as a Google map so that you can see where they're all located. Yeah, I think the main point here is just to live it up, treat yourself, eat, drink, be merry. Don't rush it. I think the reason we said, you know, four nights, five nights is because I think the mistake you can make is you get there and there is so much to see. You're like, I have to see it all. So consequently, you're out too long in the superheat and the sun and you're just shattered and then you have a headache and you don't enjoy the other times as much. So that's why if you only have to spend half your time each day doing temples, it allows you to do a lot of other stuff. So take our three nights and, and stretch it into four or five. But yeah, I mean, Siam Reap's just so fascinating, so unique, so beautiful, and, and it can be affordable or as plush as you want. So I, I love it. I mean, again, you've been more than I, but I've still probably been 20 times. And, and I, I mean, my wife and I were going to go last month for a long weekend just because we have that much fun. So yeah, I can't add too much more, but there'll be tons of links, uh, the Google map, So check out those resources as well. Remember to help us keep this thing going. Trevor and I pay for all of this ourselves. We don't make a profit. Please go to patreon.com, search Talk Travel Asia. Donations start at a dollar a month upwards. So thanks so much, uh, Scott from Bangkok saying thanks. Have a great trip. And Trevor, why don't you take us out of this thing? Yeah. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. I hope you find that information useful. Again, please donate to the show. Go to the website and check out our show notes. Um, maybe just one more note is just that, uh, you know, this year has been tough on the tourism industry because of the COVID-19 virus. Um, as soon as everybody's okay to start traveling again, I would recommend going to see the Angkor temples as soon as you possibly can. Um, just because like, you know, back in 2001, when there was nothing to do in Siem Reap, there was no people at the temples either. Um, in recent years, they've gotten so incredibly popular that sometimes it can be a challenge to get a really good photo without hundreds of tour bus people in your shot. So I'm thinking that like, if you want to go to Angkor, a, a great time to go would be to, to go as soon as possible that it's safe for people to travel again, just so that you can experience the temples with uh, probably the fewest people that will ever be there ever again, 
just because they're going to get really busy again next year and the year after is going to be more people and more people. And uh, they've even also in recent years been talking about uh, limiting which temples you can visit on certain days just to try and manage the crowds. So uh, so come now while you can uh, to, to experience the temples with fewer people. And uh, send me a message and maybe I'll be in Siem Reap while you're here and, uh, and I'll show you around a little bit too. So thanks for listening and uh, thanks for recommending that episode, uh, whoever it was that recommended us. Anybody else who has an idea for an episode, send us a message and let us know and, uh, and we'll do our best to record it. So thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall at Angkor Thom and Amber?